listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your little bit froggy-throated host, Darlie Marshall. And think back, way back to 2010, and Gary Wolf, who was the editor of Wired Magazine, gave a TED Talk about this new and exciting idea of the quantified self. So this was the idea that we were all gonna gain this self-knowledge, this self-awareness by collecting all of the data from different parts of our lives that would then influence the choices that we were making and help us to make better choices for our health, our longevity, our wellness. And maybe, maybe if you're old enough, you were around as this kind of wave started to emerge. And in the 13 years since then, we've seen sneakers and watches and rings and necklaces, all that track like our movement and our stress and our sleep. I am wearing two wearables right now because I am that kind of nerd. There's all kinds of other ways that this has shown up in our lives and played out. If you're a longtime fan of the show, you've heard us talk about home gut microbiome testing kits. And I know I've like spat in the little tube that will tell me about my DNA for my ancestry, as well as for all kinds of things about my health and my wellness. Steadily over those last, you know, 13 years, I've also seen a greater and greater percentage of my clients investing in these kinds of products. All different types of wearables and DNA analysis, right? These ways that we have started quantifying ourselves in our lives. But I've also gotten the same questions over and over from my clients and my workshop participants. So instead of just doing that kind of unpack myself, I thought it would be helpful to bring in somebody who knows way more about this space and how it works than me. And so my guest today is here to help us explore all of these widgets that we're wearing and how to answer some of the most common questions that I've been getting about using our data. Her name's Jill Kaiser. She's a senior project manager with Garmin in the fitness segment but focus on all of their wellness products. And in her eight years with Garmin, she's led all of the women health features, including the menstrual cycle, the pregnancy tractor, um, peek behind the curtain here, I'm wearing my Garmin watch and I use all of those features myself too. So personal thank you, Jill. Uh, and she previously was also a fitness instructor. She taught uh, step classes, strength, boot camp, Pilates. So she's really knowledgeable in this space and I'm very excited to pick her brain and I hope you're excited to listen along too. Uh, Jill? Welcome to Better Than Fine. Well, thank you. Glad to hear you're wearing your Garmin watch. Da, 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 da. I've been bragging about it ever since I got it earlier this summer. And it's yes, super fun. I'm to right with. there with you. I live yeah. with this thing. And and I think maybe let's preface by saying to the listener, you don't have to have a Garmin watch for the things no. that we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about things that are universal to all kinds of wearables, uh, not just this particular brand. So this isn't just like a whole ad for Garmin, but... Uh, Jill does work for Garmin, and also I have a Garmin watch, and I really like their product. So, all right, plug over. Um, Jill, <laughs> let's talk about how wearables have changed our lives. Do you want to get us started? Yeah. Well, I think as you're wearing a wearable, that uh, being a health and fitness smartwatch is what we typically call it, because you are getting notifications from your phone. You do have that connectivity going on. But as we look at the data that's being given to customers, it helps to craft a story for people. It helps give more context for what they're doing and things that are going on. And the biggest thing is just giving customers a better understanding of what they're doing and having all of their personal data at their fingertips. 
So for me, it's really about knowing your body better. And that's what we talk about a lot when we're looking at the data and how we're even presenting the data to customers is how can we present this to people that gets them to really understand the habits that they're creating or doing and the things that they're doing and how it's impacted them. And that's all day. I think that's the important thing about wearables is really thinking about having that data all day long and why having it as a wearable on your wrist or wherever else it's being worn is a really big piece because you want to look at 24-7 pieces of data that's coming in. Um, I like to think of wearables as being a tool, a tool to either help you accomplish goals that you may have within the health and fitness space or just better understand what's going on. Um, Whether that's I want to see trends that are happening, I want to hit my fitness goals as little as I want to get 10,000 steps a day. And that's a story that now I can share with other people. I am at 9,000 steps today. I got to go for a quick little walk to finish my day. Oh, doing better than me. (laughs) You're better than me, but... I've been yeah. sick. So my, my step goal, one of the things, again, I said, it's not going to be a big ad for Garmin. One of the things I do like about your product is that my step goal adjusted lower hmm. while I was stuck on the couch. And now it is creeping up as I'm getting better because I'm up and around more. And so I appreciate that adaptive nature. And I think that speaks to what you're saying about it being a story. Because um, if we think about the story of wearable tech coming out, I remember when uh, I had my very first widget, I'm not going to name brands because we don't need to go there, but it would plug into the headphone jack in my phone and sync, but it meant that I had to manually sync it to get my data. There was no display. Mm-hmm. And now we get this real-time feedback like you're describing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess where I'm going with this is it used to be we just had like a dump of information mm-hmm. and you were left to interpret all of that yourself. But I hear you describing this idea of like the story of your data. Can you speak to that a little bit more like how people relate to their data in a healthy way to this story? Yeah. So I think it starts anywhere from when you wake up in the morning. Um, So I wake up and I can either share the story with someone or just take the information for myself and do something with it. So I wake up in the morning and I see my sleep and how well I slept last night. Let's say I did not sleep well last night. I can now think about what did I do last night? Maybe I had an extra glass of wine that I probably shouldn't have, um, or I worked out extremely late and I saw that my stress had had contributed into my sleep window and it was high and so that I wasn't able to fall asleep faster. Um, and then from there, being able to, to take that and, and say, what am I going to do with this today? Like, is this going to, how is this going to impact me? Should I adjust the workout that I had planned? Um, or even being a coach, um, someone that's training somebody, you could be asking them, how was your sleep last night? And they can easily tell you, you know, by having this wearable looking down and say, well, uh, whether it's a sleep score number that they got or just the type of sleep that I had, being able to say, you know, it wasn't as great last night. I think it may have been because of this. Um, you know, I'm going to push myself today, but it might be more difficult for me in my workout. Yeah. Or even I have clients that will take screen grabs and just text me mm-hmm. before their session, the screen grab from their display. Right. So then I've got all yep. that data already. Yep. Um, but, but speaking of the story, you know, I hear the positive feedback loop that you're describing, mm-hmm. but I've also seen a fair amount of criticism of that, that story, quote unquote, like you're talking about the reflexive use. I have seen criticism of, you know, um, there was one influencer that put up a really snarky post that was like, how many 
great workouts have been missed because your wearable told you to rest today or some like some snark mm -hmm. like that. Um, is there a negative version of the story where we're getting TMI and we start to maybe obsess about our data in a way that's unhealthy or tell ourselves, oh, my wearable says I had a bad night's sleep. So even though I feel fine, I guess I'm not going to wear out today or like what, whatever. Like, do you see a version of that as well? I can see some people could twist it that way um, to, to almost use it as an excuse like, oh, yeah. my sleep wasn't great last night. And, and that can be an excuse someone uses. But I mean, in general, I think there's, there's a better benefit to having the wearable data for you. It's just what you do with that. I think it's just about knowing your body better with this wearable, being able to understand my stress impact, my sleep impact, the workout that I did, how much recovery I need. Um, and it not, not necessarily being an obstacle, um, but just a way of how should you be using this information and having somebody just pause and really think about what can I do with this information to help me better succeed for my ultimate goals? Maybe today I am off. Um, there's There's been multiple times where I can see that I'm getting sick. Maybe you saw that as you're just experiencing this, but you're seeing a yeah. change in your heart rate um, or the stress or your sleep. And that those can be indications that maybe you do need to pause and slow down. Um, and it, it could be caught before you even realize that you're sick. Um, so I think that's a that's a tricky question, and it's how how people use the data, um, and trying not to use it as an excuse, but really what can you do with this next? What are the next steps you're going to do with it? And if you do take a break and and you're like, you know, I think I might be getting sick, and, and maybe you're not, it's the the next steps that you're doing. So then you took a break. So now what? What did your data show you? Maybe it actually did help you, and your HRV improved. Um, and it went up and, and you're feeling a little better in that sense, or you did get a good night's sleep. And now you're like, okay, I'm ready to recharge. My, my watch is telling me I should be good to go. My recovery is lower and let's push ourselves today. Yeah. So I like the way you're framing that, right? Like it's the data in itself is interesting and useful, but it's only useful dependent on how we choose to use it in our lives. Yeah. Right. Yep. You're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Riley Marshall. My guest today is Jill Kreiser. She's here from Garmin, and we're talking about decoding your wearable data. And Jill, a second ago, you used uh, what I call the alphabet soup, some of the alphabet soup that comes out of wearables. And, and this kind of speaks to the heart of why I had wanted you to come on the show, because uh, these are the questions I'm getting all the time. So you said HRV. Yeah. Uh, I think pretty much all, all of the well-recognized recognized brands uh, out there right now, we're tracking HRV. What is HRV, and how do we yeah. interpret that data? And then we'll then we'll cherry pick a few others that I think are very common ones that people get confused about. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of features across wearables yeah. in general, um, so there's a lot to learn, especially if you're new to them. But I guess let's start with um, HRV. So heart rate variability. Variability. I can even speak. <laughs> heart rate um, variability. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so this. How this works is it's measuring specific changes in time between your heartbeat. And this is typically measured while you're at rest. So you will see this um, within your sleep data. And that's where on our Garmin wearables it's being captured today is, is the heart rate, the HRV is being measured in between. So this is a very personalized metric. 
And it's not mm. something that should really be compared with others. So over time, your watch is going to start to collect this information in the evening and start to, or while you're sleeping, and start to give you a value for this. Um, and then that becomes an average. Um, so the average overnight. So now you're starting to have this, this number. And then we take that and we look at a week. Um, and from there, it's looking at the, I guess, the, the main thing to think about is that it's looking at the changes within your heartbeat. And, and that changes depending on what you're doing each day. That could be physical, even mental stress activities. It could be recovery that you're doing. I just saw a huge jump in my HRV go way up because I took a nice relaxing vacation last week. Mm. So I didn't have the physical and mental stress of the hard workouts I was doing and even just work in general. And I saw my HRV go up in the value that was the average overnight. So I was seeing a change there. I've seen it where it lowers down and my number is probably very different from your number, but you may have seen something similar where if you're overtraining, if you're experiencing a long, a prolonged amount of stress or an illness, you could see it drop. Um, so those are ways that as you're paying attention to your data and to your HRV, you'll start to see a trend, an up a down, maybe you're staying balanced and even. Um, and that's just another way for for somebody, a user to, or your client to know how they're doing. Um, and again, it's impacted by what you're doing. So to recap here, so HRV, <laughs> it's, you know, like if we think of the heartbeat, like people think of it like a drumbeat where it's steady, mm -hmm. right? But there's actual variance in between the length of time between beats, right? That's between what variability, beat, yep. right? Yep. Um, and when we've had more stress, it gets more and more regular. And when we've had rest stress, there's more variability, that's, right? So that's right. why the score goes up. Okay. Um, but I think one thing I want to highlight okay. that you said that I think is so important, especially because I know there are fitness professionals that listen to the show. And I know this is something that I've in my own community of fitness professionals, mostly personal trainers. It's this idea that higher automatically equals better. And something I learned from you before, and you just said it now, so that's why I want to highlight it, is that it's really personal to the score. So like, I, I always assumed it's because I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, I have a mitral valve prolapse, like my HRV is very low. Mm -hmm. And all the trainers I know, it's really high. And they've always acted like, oh, that's somehow better. It's an indicator that they're fitter. But what you're saying is no, it's just like, what's my personal bandwidth? And mm -hmm. where do I play in that bandwidth? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And we actually have a feature. We've taken HRV and created a status out of it so that going back to that story of someone being able to, to understand it a little better or even talk about it, I can say that currently I'm unbalanced because I was so relaxed last week and my HRV went way up the normal that I actually went out of balance. <laughs> and now I'm sure after a week back to work, I'll get back in balanced as I get back into my training and my regular scheduled oh, days. That's very interesting. So being like too relaxed, because I noticed that like mm -hmm. you have a different display than some other wearables and you have this high end kind of red bar for the, for the people who aren't familiar with the Garmin, the way it presents that it's more like a meter and there's a red zone at the top of the meter too. And I wondered about that because mm -hmm. I've had clients who they end up with really high HRV, but they feel awful. 
And so like, can you speak to that a little bit more about how, how am I unbalanced if I'm less stressed? Like there's too much of a good thing. Well, I think it's just, it's back to, it's a personalized to the person. So being high for me meant, and I actually felt good that week um, while I was going up because I was actually recovering personally. That may be different for somebody else of why they're going out of balance higher than lower. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really is just back to understanding your body and paying attention to where you're typically at. And then when you're in or out of range of that, thinking about what you're doing, you know, maybe for them, they were pushing themselves in a different way um, Mm -hmm. or their sleep was extremely different and that could have caused it. So I don't have an exact answer to why somebody may feel, feel good or bad. It just goes back to digging into, well, what did you do? You know, what, what was different? What caused it to go way out? And sometimes it's, you didn't do anything. You just got sick. That could be yeah. the reason too. <laughs> Don't I know it? Uh, but I think I think this speaks to this idea of like there's so many variables, and for you to try to answer something like that, it's a complete hypothetical for you, right? Mm-hmm. And so it speaks to the, one of the axioms that we promote on the show is this idea that not everything works for everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be universal because there's so many variables yep. that different people are going to have a different experience, and just because like you know, I don't know, maybe yours is in the eighties and mine's in the thirties doesn't mean necessarily that I'm somehow less healthy, right? There isn't some perfect number that we're all shooting for, which is different than something like say resting heart rate. So let's, can you unpack resting heart rate for us? Cause that's another one that I think is just ubiquitous across platforms. Yeah. Maybe you've heard of RHR. RHR. Resting heart rate is a really big one. So there's there's your average heart rate, and then there's resting heart rate, which I would say uh, RHR really gives a good measurement of overall well being. So the lower the resting heart rate indicates that it's a higher level of physical fitness, um, and this is measured in beats per minute. And I would say that the average. So this really is looking at numbers specifically. The average person's heartbeats would be between 60 and 100 times per minute. So that yeah, is that is more of a number that, that you're looking at. And again, it's going to be different for some people, but you should be able to see the impact of if I am training a lot, your resting heart rate lowering. Ah, okay. Can I, can I? Yeah. So if I'm, but if I'm training too much and it's stress on the system, my resting heart rate will start to go up, right? Because like I'm training too much, it's stress on the body. I'm not. That would be the overtraining. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) And so some, I know some wearables will give me that feedback, like, "Hey, you're overtraining. Dial it back." Others maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the good fitness wearables will tell you, like, "Hey." chill a little bit. <laughs> you, you, you yeah, hit and, too hard. and you can see it being used in other features as well. And so there could be wearables out there. I know Garmin's got this of just around your recovery. How many hours should you recover? And then that mm. is looking at heart rate data as well and bringing that in. It's just another way that's presented to a customer. So again, crafting that story, I could say, I mean, just the other, just the other day, I went for a run um, with a coworker and his recovery was way different than my recovery yeah. time. <laughs> Way different. Oh, His was like, interesting. you know, relax a little bit. That was an easy one. And mine was like improving. <laughs> Look at you go, kiddo. <laughs> I was like, huh, yes. I mean, he runs all the time. I don't. 
Okay. Yeah. Noted. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate again, that it's come so far in such a short amount of time, like from six years ago to now, where I remember when the HRV and the heart rate, like data feedback came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like you say, we're getting like these customized, Um, You know, my watch will tell me after a run, like, okay, it's going to take you 18 hours to recover from Mm -hmm. that or whatever. Right. And I think that's so cool. The level of specificity we've gotten to Mm -hmm. where there's so many different data points that like, it's literally just on my arm and be able to give me that feedback. Yeah. Which is why it can feel a little overwhelming, you know, Mm. starting with a new wearable and a new ecosystem even, and having all of this data that can be overwhelming. Um, and we are, you, you can see data being shifted and changed a bit as well in how it's presenting to, presented to a customer. I think another good example here is talking about stress. And this is yeah. physical stress that's happening on the body. So there is this mental stress as well, which does can impact and play into, into your what we're showing as all-day stress and a body battery feature, which we've created um, but with that, it's it's taking HRV, actually, and it's outputting it and creating stress levels. So it's a little easier for someone to talk to. Like, I have had a pretty restful day, um, or my stress has been pretty high today, which is typically me, <laughs> moderate <laughs> or high. But again, it's it's crafting that story for them. And that so that is looking at the less variability that you have between beats is equaling higher stress levels. So as we talked back to HRV, again, it's looking at that beat to beat that we've got. Um, and so that can be impacted by training, physical activity, sleep, even nutrition, and then external factors as well. Maybe what you're consuming. Are you having a lot of caffeine? That could be affecting you or alcohol. Um, and then and then that that's even been crafted even more into an, another feature that is body battery, which now is giving you a number. So I can wake up in the morning and see that, you know, I had a great sleep. I could see my stress really low and my body battery charged right up. Um, and then throughout the day, what are those different factors that are inputting it? That workout that I did, it actually is great. Having high stress for throughout the day because of workout is good for you. Um, and then it's just following along throughout your day of, of what else have I done and how has that changed? And that's, you know, within my heart rate, but now we've, we're just delivering it in different ways. Um, yeah. I was wondering how you did that feature. Um, cause I think that feature is really interesting. Cause like you said, um, the classic wearable is measuring mechanical stress because you're measuring it from heart rate variability. Like one of the things I've noticed doing the show, because, you know, I get a little, a little overstimulated, I get a little upregulated yeah. doing the show. And that stimulation of my nervous system is going to affect and tighten my heart rate variability. So I take a big hit on my body battery score mm. doing the show every week mm-hmm. because I get like all amped up and the bright lights. Yeah. And all the yeah. stuff. So what, you know, I think in the past, our wearables have been talking about stress purely from the mechanical and like movement and effort standpoint. But now we're to a point where we can talk about it in this much more nuanced way and listeners who've listened to the episodes that we did on stress earlier this year will know that that's a a nervous system state, right? It's not Mm -hmm. just flexing muscles. You're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Arlene Marshall. We are talking about our wearables and how we interpret the data. Our guest is Jill Kaiser from Garmin. Um, So Jill, are there other features? Like I know another one I get questions about a lot is how to interpret all the funny color-coded bars in Mm -hmm. sleep 
and use that information effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll teach my clients how to read the difference between deep sleep and REM, uh, but it's more alphabet soup. So what do you, what do you think of when you teach people about their sleep scores? Sleep score is a very big feature um, (laughs) because there is a lot within sleep. I mean, we've even talked about just as, as we've been talking about heart rate, that is a big part of, of sleep as well and is driving typically when you fall into sleep, you're going through different stages. So there's REM, there's light, there's deep, um, and then there's even awake or just restlessness um, moving around. That could be, you know, somebody bumping you or maybe you just like tossing and turning. And so there are certain, and this is dependent on your age, I will say, uh, the older you get, the less sleep your body needs. Um, that's based on research that, that's been done in the past. And so I would say for each person, dig into what is the, the percentage that I want to get each night. And sleep's a tough one because you can't really control my REM. That's one thing that I can't do. I can't control my REM or my light or my deep. But what I can control is what I did leading up to sleep or what I did during the day. So again, getting back to just understanding last night, my sleep score was really low. If I dig into the data, I can see, oh, my stress was high, and that was because I worked out really late. Um, And maybe that could have been something that I should have pushed off. Or maybe I had a really big meal before bed, and that that changed it. Um, Or I've got a big meeting tomorrow and and a big client that I've got to work with. And so you're just, you, you think you're mentally stressed, but there's also some physical stress with that as well. So within sleep, there's things that I think it's good to understand your REM, light, and deep and what you're shooting for. But the bigger thing is, is what are those habits that you're doing before you go to bed? Yeah. I think what I heard in there, I don't know if those watching on video, if you saw the look on my face when you said like, oh, you can't really control it. I'm like, ah, you can't control what happens in the moment, but you can do things that affect it. And then you, you went there too. <laughs> yeah. And that's a big takeaway. You know, I know for me, I really changed my alcohol and, uh, you know, I'm in New York state, so THC mm-hmm. is legal here, but my, my recreational substance use, mm-hmm. that makes it sound way worse than it actually is, um, related to bed and the two hours before I go to mm-hmm. bed, because, you know, I grew up in a family where everybody comes home and cracks a beer at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that was really normal. And I never really did that. But I'd have a glass of wine or watching TV or a little like, you know, boozy hot yep. chocolate in the winter. Yep. And I'd notice it was crushing my deep sleep. Yep. Right. So having that data allowed me to see the way that my behavior was affecting my outcomes in a way that I would have completely taken for granted. Yep. If I didn't have this information. Yep. That's definitely one thing as we continue to to work on wearables and it's been a big conversation piece within our teams. And it's not just as we're working and and this is one thing that I just love with being able to work on wearables as a team. We're like, Hmm, that glass of wine wasn't good for me last night. You guys, <laughs> my score this morning when I woke up was only you know, 60. Dang it. <laughs> so, so yes, I think it does become a conversation piece as well. And I, I've definitely cut down on my caffeine. Um, I'm very mm. sensitive ca- to caffeine and I could see changes in my health data, um, not just sleep, but also just throughout the day. Yeah. I know like I'm married to another personal trainer. And so, 
you know, he'll like send me screen grabs of his, like whatever the heck and ask me, what do you think of this number? And this, whatever. So we're constantly, but being on a whole team of people who are like thinking about the future of this, but also working in it and Mm -hmm. using it themselves. Like, are you all just constantly like, what about this? What about this? Can you look at that? What do you think of this? This is weird. Oh, that's annoying. Uh, Like, is it, is it a soup of that? (laughs) I think it's more, we, we're able to be the users for the product and catch things that maybe like, Hmm, this could be a problem for more people than just me and bringing that up. So it's, it's an interesting just comparing our data to each other and almost a competition in a sense, even of, (laughs) Hey guys, I'm on 36 days of 10,000 steps a day. And, and that like bragging right to, Oh, I think something's wrong because I actually did do this. And maybe, maybe we're catching bugs along the way. Um, Just being the core user to these, that that's a really fun part of the job. Definitely. Yeah. I bet it is. And I think of, you know, when when we get into a certain groove of a new modality and the way that we then start to notice different things in our clients, I'm sure it's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you remind me, you know, I've been playing with this idea of doing a how many steps episode for a long time because uh, there's all these different new step recommendations coming out, right? Okay, 4,000, yeah. 2,000, 10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think one of the cool things to come out of this whole movement has been this growing recognition of not everything works for everybody all the time, right? Like finding Mm -hmm. your place in it and making Mm -hmm. it about you. Um, Is there, do you think there is a place where we're taking it too far, where our wearables are like too much information and what is the TMI line? Well, I think it's, I think it's how people understand the information. I think it's the big thing. Um, so we can throw out numbers all the time and you can look at something and be like, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, oh my gosh, should I be concerned about that? But it's really about how is it presented and what am I going to do with it? Um, so our wearables, um, Garmin within, but just in general, you can pick what you want to pay attention to. What is important to you? Is it just sleep? Turn everything else off. Um, is it, is it understanding, uh, HRV only turn everything off? Um, is it about having just smart notifications and being able to see, see my stress throughout the day? That's great. So I think it's really about the the focus for the customer. And if they feel like it's too much information, turn off the noise. It's just like mm-hmm. turn off the notifications on your phone or turn off your work email if it's just too much and you're feel, feeling overwhelmed for a little bit and take a break. Um, and then the other thing is just how is it presented to you? Do I understand it? Uh, is another big thing that we we talk about a lot of if we're going to give this new piece of information to someone, what's the value to it? And are they yeah. going to get it? <laughs> I'm glad that that's in your head, um, you know, speaking from the product design side, because I, I was listening not long ago to a podcast about a big scandal about I'm not going to name which one, but one of the DNA collection companies and that essentially people were learning their, um, you know, high risk for some mm-hmm. really intense diseases and like health risks outside of a medical context. So then they don't have a practitioner to guide their understanding in a healthful way. And so this idea of it's not just the information that empowers us, Mm -hmm. it's knowledge about application Mm -hmm. that it fits within a context of our lifestyles that we can make the positive change and also have a healthy psychological relationship to it. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, you, you hit on something as well of it's just if you think something's off and it's not right and you're getting concerned and you're just 
really concerned with your sleep because something's not right. You've been low for a really long time. I'll just keep using sleep as the example. Yeah, so sleep's a great one. <laughs> it's been low. It's not been great. That's where you've got the power now. You've got the data to take it to your doctor. Take it to somebody mm -hmm. who can talk to you about it. That's okay. another thing that is that is really big. I mean, even within so going into women's health a little bit um, and leading menstrual cycle tracking, I think that there's a lot there um, that's an interesting, interesting addition to what's going on within a women's woman's body. It's here's a cycle day. You know, here's another number for you, but what do you do with that? Um, and it's more than just here's your next period or ovulation days, looking at the cycle day and then understanding, you know, around this cycle day, I usually have lots of energy and I want to push myself, um, but then I'm a little bit lower or maybe, maybe it's, I'm just not, something's not right. Every time I get to the end of my cycle, just doesn't feel right. I'm going to take that information to my doctor and I'm going to talk to them about it and see if maybe there is something that is wrong. Yeah, I think I think that's a great place to explore. And I know we're going to have you back to talk, uh, just <laughs> like really dive into the women's health piece and the data piece in a deep way. Uh, so we're, you know, tip to the listener, we're just setting a foundation here. Mm -hmm. um, but I had a great story about a member of my family who when oxygen saturation, which we can we can mm -hmm. dive into if you think it'd be helpful. But when the oxygen saturation data came out, this member of my family had, had insomnia really bad for a long time. They woke up exhausted. They just never seemed to get enough sleep. And suddenly they had this data point to take to their doctor to go look, okay, well, why is it getting low? They had severe sleep apnea, completely mm -hmm. unidentified and untreated because they never snored. Mm -hmm. um, but they were just something about their stress. They would stop breathing mm -hmm. and they had no idea. Their partner had no idea until their wearable gave them that feedback. So I think there yeah. are, like you say, just a lot of good that can be done. And mm -hmm. when you see something that's confusing, you know, bringing it to the attention of somebody who's got more empowerment on the, on the information, because none of us is ever going to know all of it perfectly. And we don't necessarily want to hand the keys to the whole house just yep. to the wearable widget, right? Yep. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great story. Pull socks is, is definitely something that um, I think is worth people. They've got a wearable turning it on um, and looking at that data because there are things that, you know, while we're sleeping, we don't have control of. We talked about that. Um, and there's things you don't know that you're doing when you're sleeping. So capturing that and then evaluating that information and identifying if something is off and if it's off quite a bit, that's, that's a great story to take to your doctor and, and talk to them about it. Yeah. As we're getting, as we're getting close to wrapping up here, uh, I know I'd asked you to, to speculate a little bit for us if you feel comfortable where do you think this kind of tech might go for the normal user, right? We're not talking about mm -hmm. the, the hardcore ultra marathoner. Like they're always going to be as deep in tech as possible, right? Like any high performance athlete is always going to want the, the, to get that 2% edge. Mm -hmm. But for the average uh, Joe, Jane and Jill, where mm -hmm. do you think the, uh, yeah, pun intended, um, yeah. where do you think the wearable goes for us? Well, I mean, speaking for Garmin, we're going to continue to be evolving and coming up with new features and new things for our wearables. Um, where we're going to go, that's hard to say, but I can say that where wearables are going to continue to be in the future, future is clear in that staying focused on some of our core things we've even just talked about today. So staying focused on sleep, staying focused on heart rate, 
on stress, on activities that people are doing, um, calories burn that they're they're capturing when they're doing things, and even the recovery. Um, I think an example of that is there's a new product that was just launched and that expanded upon sleep features and now there's coaching. And I know that coaching is already out there within the sleep, but helping you understand how much sleep you may need. Um, so crafting more into that sleep story um, or even within Body Battery, uh, now understanding what have I done and what was the exact impact that that had on my stress. So I think you will continue to see evolution and improvements into those core features. That is the most important, especially for people who are training, who are working out, people that you're coaching. Say keep the focus on those core, just general wellness important features. Yeah, I think you're on core there, right? Like it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And as long as we're still in a society where people are struggling with the most basics of like sleep, move, mm -hmm. eat good food, mm -hmm. have a better regulated nervous system, um, that's really a, the foundational pillars we're just going to get better at, uh, like you say, crafting the story. Mm -hmm. I think it's such an interesting approach. Um, Jill, thank you so much. Any parting words on our way out? No, I mean, this is really exciting to be talking about wearable information and just capturing that information for people. And and I would say if you're working with your clients, customers, people who are coming to your classes, you know, don't be afraid to ask them, how have you been sleeping? Have, have you done anything differently lately that may be having you feel a little bit more sluggish if, if they're talking about, you know, some, some, something that comes up. So, I mean, just again, talking about it in the context of how did you sleep? You know, how have you been lately? And I think that can help you with your clients. Awesome. Thank you so much. Jill Kaiser is here from mm -hmm. Garmin. I appreciate you very much. And I'll close out with, with this final thought that oftentimes people will approach me and ask me, oh, I'm thinking about getting A, and then they drop a brand in there. And what I ask them back before I give them any recommendation about which one and what model and all of that is always, what do you want it for? Are you getting it because you want to work on your sleep? Are you getting it because you want to work on your movement? Is it more about, you know, your, your heart rate? Cause you just are concerned about your overall long-term health. And this fits really well with this idea that Jill's just given us about the story of your data. If you know what kind of story you want to write, you can frame that out. And if you know what kind of story you want to have on your fitness and wellness journey, it's much easier to you to make an informed choice. And of course, if you are someone that wants to guide other people on their wellness journey, I encourage you to check out NASM's Certified Wellness Coaching course. The other thing that I want to remind you of is the More Better Substack. If you're a fan of the show, of course, I hope that you've subscribed, but I also hope that you head over to betterthanfind.substack.com where you will find uh, articles related to show episodes. You'll find bonuses. You'll find workbooks and downloadables. Uh, it's free to subscribe. There are additional bonuses for paid membership. Of course, I appreciate your support. I also appreciate your support of this show. If you have questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, feelings, or feedback, please do email me. It's info at darlene.coach. I am on Instagram. It is also darlene.coach. LinkedIn, I'm on TikTok now. We are out here on the interwebs making some sense out of this wellness nonsense. Thank you so much for joining us for the show. Take care and be well.